Hello everybody and welcome to another inspiring episode of Founders Gyan. In case you're tuning in for the first time, Founders Gyan brings the inspiring story of a startup and the founder behind it. This week we have another great guest on the show. He is Mr. Ganesh Balakrishnan, one of the founders of momo.in. That is m o m o e . i n. Momo is one of the first companies in India and probably around the world. that aims to make payments cashless through your mobile their aim is to let us shop eat and commute without carrying any cash and paying through our mobile phones how super cool is that do check out their site at www.momo.in to understand which merchants accept this form of payment they are currently active in bangalore and pune and have plans to expand all over india also check out the show notes at www.foundersgyan.com/ep22 to check out all the resources mentioned on the show as well as foundersgyan.com/top to check out the top 5 listened podcasts on the show okay i think that's enough for an intro let's move on with the show now ganesh welcome to the show i'm super excited to be speaking with you today a quick brief on ganesh he is one of the founders of momo.in a startup that helps you do payments via your phone and iit bombay alumni ganesh previously worked in various consulting roles and also has had a brief stint as an entrepreneur before momo as one of the founders of windsleeve technologies a retail technology product company ganesh great to meet you and thanks a lot for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your knowledge wisdom and time with our listeners thank you for agreeing to be on the show thanks a lot ram great to be here and uh, looking forward to this podcast and uh, hello everyone excellent ganesh uh, Let's talk a bit about your journey. Can you fill in the blanks from the intro about your journey before Momo? Did I cover everything? Did you or do you want to add something more? Sure. So, um uh, just a little bit about my background. I am a uh, you know, non-techy in a techy world, so to speak. Uh I'm a core mechanical engineer, graduated out of IIT Bombay, uh went to the US, worked there in a core mechanical firm, uh set up their engineering center in Bangalore, uh then did my MBA. and uh, then got into some consulting roles and also did strategic marketing in honeywell uh, but primarily uh, looking at intrapreneurial ventures in large corporates so that's what has been my experience previously you know setting up engineering centers as i said um, then uh, so so what's the term intrapreneurial intrapreneur okay. that means it's a, a startup kind of a venture but it is funded by a corporate in inside okay. so they build a team inside mm-hmm. of uh, folks who can run a pseudo startup venture mm-hmm. and they fund it internally for a specific purpose right so for example the engineering center that we started up here in india was to do captive engineering services like cat cam design uh, you know uh, solid modeling and stuff like that for uh, the uh, company division in the us similarly uh, in honeywell we were running something called uh, emerging markets group which was basically local products for local markets so the honeywell product is priced very high for the indian market so we were looking at what is a local need what is a local solution and hence what sort of product portfolio we should have here uh, how should you adapt the existing honeywell products or build new products for the new market here right so those are ventures that were within corporates but i have always been a pseudo entrepreneur as such right uh, and then launched out uh, windsleeve technologies before starting up momo uh, momo is about a year and a half old now Okay cool so, so so let's talk a bit about the origin of momo hmm? so can you explain in a few sentences what is momo.in and how did you guys come up with the idea for this sure uh, so momo stands for mobile money everywhere 
okay. um, uh, the vision was to do mobile payments in the offline space what i mean by that is uh, we enable mobile payments when you eat shop and commute mm-hmm. right so eat meaning when you go into a restaurant right uh, you can actually see your bill live on your phone you can split the bill with friends at the table and you can pay your own share and leave right mm-hmm. so that is one of the uh, use cases shop meaning you can go to any retail store grocery store pharmacy apparel store whatever in your neighborhood or in your mall and uh, do mobile payments there so uh, you can actually uh, sometimes even skip the queue if they deliver to your house right you can get the bill on your phone you just pay and the item gets delivered to your house as well after you finish your shopping right and the third is commute so we do uh, mobile payments in auto rickshaws where if you see a uh, auto rickshaw with the momo label you can actually get in and pay the driver through your mobile directly with his phone number and you can also uh, pay at nice road so the nice ring road uh, that you have around bangalore you can actually pay uh, the, the toll, toll yeah. in a cashless manner you don't even have to remove your phone you just preload your wallet mm-hmm. and uh, uh, link your vehicle number to it and the payment gets deducted automatically when you drive through right okay, so okay. those are the kind of things we do okay brilliant and uh, how did you guys come up with the idea for this in the first place sure um so one of the big challenges we used to have as individuals was um after shopping right shopping is a great experience you go out with family you go out with friends you're going out and dining all that stuff and you're enjoying yourselves but once your job is over which is my basket is full or i've chosen the clothes that i wanted or i finished my meal is when this payment thing happens right right payment is an activity where you have to shell out your own hard earned money right and not only that you have to wait in line mm-hmm. to pay mm-hmm. i as far as i'm concerned i'm sh- i've shopped man i've enjoyed myself i just need to leave once i'm done mm-hmm. why should i stand in line because somebody else is not good at doing their job of collecting payments for me mm-hmm. right so that was the thought ki how do we ease the payment process mm-hmm. so that was the genesis of the idea and we started with restaurants where we said live bill if we show the bill for you, to you right from the beginning you can pay whenever you want mm-hmm. similarly in uh, grocery stores you can just leave your basket at the counter go home and the guy will send the items to you and you can actually pay with your phone okay so that was the thought uh, of easing the checkout process not just supplementing a cash or a card with a mobile but also easing the checkout process so that was the thought okay excellent now um, just want to uh, go a bit more deeper into this so now is this a different wallet or what's the technology behind momo can you explain sure. in layman terms how it works sure so momo is not a wallet Momo is a uh, connector between the consumers on one side who use the app and the merchants on the other side who accept Momo payments right we actually uh, integrate into the billing system of the merchant right which is how you can see your itemized bill on your phone on the other side uh, for the consumer we open up any mode of payment so you can pay with credit card you can pay with debit card you can pay with net banking you can also pay with multiple wallets so right now we've just launched hgfc paysapp wallet we've launched mobiquick uh, ola money and icsi bank will come soon so there are multiple modes of payment which you can use to pay we are not restricting you in terms of paying only with a card or a wallet choose whichever mode you want to pay and we will enable that payment okay happen. okay so in layman's terms it's a mobile payment gateway is that that's it pretty okay. much mobile payment gateway for the offline space okay we don't do online pg okay we do only for offline only so for we are focused on offline. okay excellent now for buddy founders listening out there can you give us some tips on how we can come up with a good idea like this sure um every good idea so to speak hinges on a pain point 
right look around you there are a million places where people have trouble right uh, that's a pain if you can identify a good pain point that's the genesis of a good idea mm-hmm. once you identify a good pain point then figure out whether that pain point is applicable to millions of people mm-hmm. or figure out if that if it's a b2c idea it's millions of people if it's a b2b idea if it's a business idea then look at if the same pain point is faced by multiple businesses right that is a quick market sizing for you on how critical is this pain point and how many people really need a solution for this pain point and then ideate on solutions that can solve the pain point that's the simplistic process of getting to an idea um there are places where you can actually go and do stuff like this as well so for example in 50 hours mm-hmm. is a you know weekend hackathon kind of thing yeah. where it enables you to come up with ideas brainstorm with people and actually build a prototype as a solution as well right. so stuff like that you can do cool cool so i think uh, that's great now you touched on one side of the uh, solution which is the idea the other side is obviously making the idea into a reality right mm-hmm. so a good idea is worth nothing unless you act on it and come up with a solution so uh, maybe you can take your own uh, case and tell us what did you do in order to make your idea into a reality sure um two or three things one the as i said once you have an idea you need to really figure out whether that idea is a genuine pain point for multiple people right mm-hmm. so we went on a drive uh, we came up with this idea sometime in end of december 2013 mm-hmm. right so december 2013 to february 2014 we actually went out and met as many merchants as we could and as many customers as we could who went to these merchants right just go and walk into a restaurant talk to people talk to the manager talk to the owner and try to figure out what are the pain points that they have associated with it and turned out that getting you know the payment process done after the food is uh, over and splitting the bill splitting the bill is a huge pain right so these are things that we identified as genuine pain points at the same time when we talked to the merchants they had a huge issue with the waiter actually spending 20 to 25% of his time running between the table and the cashier Mm-hmm. right he needs to get the bill he needs to get the swipe machine he needs to enter the pin he needs to go and get the reconciliation put in a folder give it to you right. multiple runs right right at that time if you can save it right. and he can actually go and serve the right uh, yeah, next customer better yeah, serving the customer is waiters like primary that's upside revenue for right for right. him right if you can recommend another dish for the person mm. that's what his core job is mm. instead of running between the cashier and you right so especially in the pubs and stuff like that during weekends it was a critical problem for them mm-hmm. customers were shouting waiters weren't able to serve them properly mm. huge issue right this actually is the pain point on both sides also if you talk to a merchant very simple stuff right who is your most valuable customer if the customer has not come back in the last one month can you bring him back Right. these are questions that they have no answer to mm-hmm. so a simple you know crm and analytics that we have built mm-hmm. as a solution for merchants actually enables them to increase their business by getting customers mm-hmm. back through offers through loyalty programs and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. which are in their own area in the 2 km radius itself mm-hmm. right so they know that those customers will come back to them right right yeah so coming back to the question so you went on a drive for about 2 yeah. months uh, you understood that this is a this is a pro- pain point real problem exactly. real pain point and so what what did you do next i mean uh did you come up with a prototype I mean, yes. what what's what uh, was the next step so the next step was actually engineering a solution for it mm-hmm. so between february and march we actually drew up simple prototypes on pieces of paper mm-hmm. uh and uh prototyped it on pop pop is a simple app prototyping mm-hmm. uh, this thing software 
just drew up those prototypes, went back to the same merchants and customers and said, hey, here is a solution for your pain point. Is this something that you would like using? Mm-hmm. Right? And a lot of people... So, if a merchant or a consumer mm-hmm. when testing your solution says, yeah, it's okay, it's good. Mm-hmm. Not a great idea. Mm-hmm. If he responds saying, hey, when can you give this to me? I want to do this now. Mm-hmm. How much will you charge me for it? Right. Right? Those are questions that say that these guys are interested beyond just saying, ha, theek hai, dekha jayega, right? Mm-hmm. So that criticality is when you need to gauge it. That's a fine line. You right. need to understand through multiple conversations on whether it is critical. Once we got that there is criticality, we signed up three merchants and we said from day one, we will never give it free. Mm-hmm. You will always have to pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. So we actually built a pricing structure. We signed up agreements with them and then we went uh, and developed the product. So between March and June, we developed a small prototype. We launched it in three merchants who had signed up with us with a small, uh, you know, MVP, they call it, minimum viable right, product. Right. Right? Uh, it was a basic version of it, both on the server side and the app side. And then we iterated on that back and forth between June and August, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and built a complete solution in August, which you could potentially take to the market. So August onwards is when the app formally launched. Okay, excellent. Now, how many uh, merchants, merchants, is that the correct term? Yeah. How many merchants use your solution right now? So there are more than 2,000 merchants in Bangalore. Mm-hmm. Uh, half of them are restaurants. Then there are grocery stores, spas, salons, uh, pharmacies, uh, apparel stores, gyms, scooter service centers, right? right. Uh, toll roads, all that stuff. Uh, total, we have about 2,000 merchants in Bangalore and about 200 merchants in Pune. Okay, okay, great. Now, let's move on to a bit of a personal question. So we sure. all hear about founders sacrificing family time to make their ventures a success. Can you tell us a bit more about your own family and how you manage to balance business and family? Uh, There is no balance, unfortunately. (laughs) I have to tell you the truth. (laughs) Um, uh, So, I have a uh, wife I've been married to for 11 years now and uh, a daughter who is 4 years old. Um, And it is tough, right? Uh, When we set out on the entrepreneurial journey, my daughter was less than a year old. Um, and uh, my wife was on a maternity break and she had not even joined the job. So it was a very tough decision personally to get into the entrepreneurship uh, space. Um, but surprisingly, our family was completely supportive, including my parents, uh, her parents as well. Uh, and of course, she's always been a pillar of support. Uh, basically, the conversation was, I'm going to write off the next three years of my life. You're not going to see me ever. <laughs> Are you okay with that? And can we do this? Uh, you might have to join a job to you know, support the family if I am not able to make money. Right. Is that something that you would be able to do? And uh, yeah, surprisingly, the answer was yes, an overwhelming yes. And she said, hey, uh, it's a good time for you to actually go out and do what you like to do uh, instead of getting stuck in a corporate job. Uh, so the right time to head out and do this. And seems like you've got the right partners to help you on the journey. So why don't you take off and try it out? Let's see what happens, right? And yeah, that's how it took off. And uh, true to my word, it's been two years and I've not seen my family. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> we work six days a week, almost 14 hours a day. Okay. Uh, but it has been very fulfilling as a startup journey. Okay. And uh, Sundays are usually busier than my startup week okay. because Sunday is a day that I have with family and I have to pack the entire time that I devote to the family in one day. Right. So we end up doing something or the other, you know, going out or, you know, uh, sitting at home and doing some interesting activities or going to the local community fairs and stuff like that right. uh, and at least spending some quality time in that sense if 
not quantity at least spend quality that's right. been the right right so so your advice would be uh, it's tough but uh, spend quality time with your family when you can right that absolutely should kind of whenever you can't can. balance it out but kind of uh, help out in you spending so much time away from family right absolutely okay i i know a lot of founders in fact who actually take uh between 6 pm and 9 pm off they go home mm-hmm. 6 to 9 they spend time with family but after 9 pm when they go to bed is when they start up working again right right um and then in the mornings they head off to the office just like everybody else right. so they have their additional time after 9 pm but they shut off between 6 and 9 okay. so you can play around with your time available for uh, family right but uh, yes you your family has to be supportive of what you're doing otherwise it's a tough journey right okay excellent We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. If you like the show, do follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The link is www.facebook.com/foundersgyan and twitter.com/foundersgyan. Both these provide you daily tips and articles as well as resources to help and inspire your startup. There are multiple tips per day. Some examples of these tips would be articles on the latest startups, growth hacking tips, how do you build team for startups how to get funding etc so don't forget facebook.com/foundersgyan and twitter.com/foundersgyan now you mentioned uh, about uh, your co-founders a bit so can you talk a bit more about your co-founders and how you met them sure um so we are five co-founders it's a largish co-founding group okay um and all of us have had experience with corporate before we've had enough uh, exposure to the uh, you know working community working world before we actually started up mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs um uh, we met people along the way so utkarsh who is the ceo of uh, momo uh, used to be with me in iit bombay when we were in college mm-hmm. and 15 years later i met him in honeywell where we were part of the same emerging markets group as i said uh, Uh, Nilesh was also part of the same group. He is the head of sales now. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Karthik used to work with me in Bain. He is the head of operations and investor relations here. And Ashraf was a friend of a friend who got introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the technology head. He is the CTO. Um, so people who we've known either from our friends network mm-hmm. or from our professional network are the people who I decided to start out with. Okay. Um, and we were so the basic. Uh, concept of having a co-founder is actually um gelling with the person in terms of implicit trust right mm-hmm. ultimately it's like a marriage um, i mean you might have heard this cliche a long time before but it's basically that you're spending your waking life with this this team uh, and you should be able to implicitly trust them right that is the core of having a founding team together and you should work together uh, seamlessly also the other thing that helped with our team even though it's a large team uh, what we really have is complementary roles each of us handles a different function a different responsibility in momo of course we help out each other without that startups don't work right. but all of us had clearly defined responsibilities right from the beginning so that really helped in keeping the uh, you know team camaraderie together Uh, in that sense okay okay excellent now is there a morning or daily ritual that you follow can you share it with myself and our listeners <laughs> i am an evening guy actually i'm not okay. a very much of a morning so guy so is there a evening ritual that you follow um so typically in a startup it, there is no ritual that you can follow um right. 
uh, we pretty much respond to what the demands are but two or three things that we do uh, and make sure we have a point to do mm-hmm. um, and uh, so i had consumer marketing right so it is very critical for us to understand what's happening in the on the ground level mm-hmm. so at least once a week um, we go out as a team the entire mm-hmm. marketing team mm-hmm. we go out to uh, our merchant locations it be a restaurant or a retail store and actually see how people are using momo mm-hmm. uh, even talk to customers and get feedback about mm-hmm. you know what the experience has been and what other things we can do to improve right so these are similar things we do along with this we also do something called collateral refreshes so we actually put up momo accepted here kind of collaterals 10 cards standees stickers posters uh, right all those things we go and distribute uh, across different places um the other thing we used to do uh, which we still do every now and then is uh, actually attend to customer support calls mm-hmm. so the people are assigned so three or four people are assigned every day uh, to actually receive the calls so we know as an entire team uh what the pulse of the customer is and what issues they are facing on the ground so we can actually improve the product on a regular basis mm. so this is typically what we do okay excellent now can you tell us about something uh, sorry can you tell us something about yourself that is not commonly known wow that's a googly <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that people don't know about me is i'm a little bit of an adventure freak mm-hmm. um so uh, stuff like bungee and skydiving and you know parasailing and stuff like that really excites me quite a bit uh, uh been to bunch of you know white water rafting uh, expeditions uh, across the board surprising part is i don't know how to swim okay. <laughs> and scuba diving as well <laughs> the funny part is i don't know how to swim <laughs> um uh, so yeah just going and experiencing different stuff okay uh, is the adventure streak and yeah me and my wife every now and then we just get out and do something crazy okay okay <laughs> great that's that's great to hear and uh, now what is the best advice somebody has given you or alternatively best advice you have heard couple of things that i have heard uh, especially when uh, we were running the previous startup which didn't go so well and we were planning to shut it down uh, we spoke to a lot of advisors on what we should do and stuff like that uh two or three things we heard one um once you know that your idea is not working implicitly you know you know uh, right. even though your heart says no no they should work right somewhere based on what's happening outside you get a feeling that this is not going to work right right that's the instinct that you get mm-hmm. the gut feeling mm-hmm. once you have that gut feeling unless you act upon it and figure out whether that is really true mm-hmm. um you might start living a life of delusion mm-hmm. uh, rather than perseverance right. right so that was one advice that we got very clearly so we actually did that once mm-hmm. we understood basically that there's something wrong that it's not being accepted mm-hmm. we actually went out and figured out why it is not being accepted and whether we can do something to change it turned out that we could not do anything to change it mm-hmm. right so that was very good advice given at the right time which is when we could decide that okay so shelf this for now we might come back to it at a later date but let's do something else right that was one second um uh, when it comes to co-founders a lot of people say um and even employees right a lot of people say um invest in the person not in the skill mm-hmm. uh, we did not really understand because in corporate typically you hire for a skill you don't hire for a personality uh, but what we have found here in our team is that um, as long as the willingness to learn and the attitude is there right mm-hmm. skill is something that can be learned it's very easy 
if you have the willingness to do it you can do anything when i started out as a marketing head for consumer uh, marketing i had no idea about what consumer marketing was right hire the right people get the team on board and then go and execute you will learn along the way you will make mistakes but yeah at the end of the day as long as you improve on your mistakes and you are willing to learn that's what matters ultimately so we've had a lot of people who have great talent uh, but don't have the right attitude and they have not been unfortunately able to stick with our company uh, just because the attitude wasn't there right and we found a lot of people who came in with completely different skill sets they came in for a tech profile where they're doing a sales role or vice versa mm-hmm. just because they had the attitude and they said hey this is a startup this is my own company let me go and contribute and grow in the process uh, that is what matters attitude is more important than skill okay. is what i would say brilliant 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 piece of advice i'm sure our listeners uh, would would love it now i i'm loving it uh, so uh, now we all know that startups come with a lot of pressure mm-hmm. so can you give us some tips on how we can handle pressure when things aren't going so well that's when co-founders really help um what you really need when there is uh, situations of high pressure is somebody to vent right uh, somebody who can hear you out somebody who can even help you solve the problem uh, somebody who you can you know lean on so to speak uh, even when you feeling low the, our the startup journey is very uh, cyclical one fine day you will be on the top of the world and immediately the next day one of the contracts may not be signed or one of the big leads that you want may not may not happen right. and you will be a complete you know state of shock as to what happened and you will start seeing hey is this going anywhere or not so you start having a lot of self doubt right. which is when you need a lot of people to talk to whether it be family whether it be friends whether it be your own co-founders uh, to pick you up and say no 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 dude dust it off try again it will happen right, right. Uh, so that uh, under crisis and under pressure uh, those kind of things really help even mentors so we have a lot of mentors and advisors that we go and talk to in the startup ecosystem as well as people who are experienced in the domain in payments uh, mm-hmm. to actually give us some advice on how they have seen it evolve in other places how did other people solve such problems uh, and any help that they can provide uh, in uh, addressing the crisis at hand okay okay brilliant brilliant uh, uh, brilliant advice again so thanks a lot for that now uh, we just have a few more questions so sure. can you tell us about your worst entrepreneurial moment and how did you turn it around uh, and the lessons you learned from that experience sure um i'll tell you something about momo itself right um i wouldn't say it was the worst entrepreneurial moment because my worst entrepreneurial moment was the previous startup that didn't work right so um, you didn't turn it around i didn't so, turn it around yeah. exactly so i would talk about something that is turned turned around um one of the things that we noticed once we got into the tech uh, product space was that a lot of people were doing digital marketing right mm-hmm. advertising on facebook advertising on twitter advertising on google uh, on apps with uh, people like inmobi right uh, all that stuff right uh, laddu free paisa a bunch of apps out there right. which right. actually do incentivized downloads as well right, right. Uh, and that was a huge hue and cry halabalu out there saying hey why aren't we doing digital we started out with 10 cards on tables and you know people going and talking to other people to explain our concept uh, but at some point in time we said hey maybe we should do this digital marketing thing everybody is doing it why don't we do it and uh, we spent a lot of money trying to get downloads digitally trying to get customers to uh, download the app and register on the app and then go use it digitally um, unfortunately even uh, till date except for a couple of campaigns a lot of them have not 
translated into good results for us it has been very expensive at the same time it has not translated to good results and it is surprising right because right. everybody who has an app will tell you you have to go digital right no other way right right uh, it was really surprising for us and we for a long time could not figure out why mm-hmm. um then we went on the ground and actually spoke to people who downloaded from digital and try to figure out what happened right here's the deal since we are accepted offline mm-hmm. right where you download the app if you see it on facebook is probably when you're in the office or at home you're not at a restaurant right so until not only do you have to pay to get the guy to download the app which is at home but also we have to pay to retarget you to move to the restaurant where momo is being accepted right right so that's double the cost for mm-hmm. me right so a download that happens at home doesn't really give me anything as opposed to if you download make my trip or book my show at home i can immediately book a ticket correct but unless you download momo and use it at a place which is offline you cannot correct. you know uh, get a quality download in that sense right correct, correct. so that did not work for us correct. then we said ha huh, so digital is not working what is the best way to scale what is the best way to get more people to download it without actually sending thousands of people on the ground to talk to mm-hmm. customers uh, what we found was that referrals worked really well mm-hmm. so we actually have a referral program in the app where a customer who is on momo can refer another friend of theirs and if they use momo both of them gets get referral bonuses right um that really helped a lot because people who are genuinely liking our product were referring their friends and their friends were coming on board and they were also being explained by the referrer on what the product was and how cool it was right right so it was a very high quality download for us um in spite of the referral cost being high the fact that the customer who we got was a quality download helped us a lot right? right so that was the big turnaround for us so now we do a lot of uh radio campaigns for people to get aware of what momo is right uh, a lot of presence at our outlets that says momo accepted here so that you can recall hey i heard this on the radio let me try it out and a lot of referrals so those three things work for us as a marketing uh, initiative okay, okay. excellent excellent uh, uh, that's that's really a good story to hear now let's retouch a bit on the revenue model of momo mm-hmm. so uh, what's the revenue model uh, and what's the future you envision for your company sure um we are in the very early stages of mobile payments not just in india but across the world mm-hmm. right um, our vision of mobile payments is really uh, well it's mobile payments now but cashless payments is what the vision is uh, the intent is to go uh, to a point where we are completely replacing cash uh, as a mode to pay just do cashless payments wherever you go right your mobile is your phone of device of choice right now uh, and there are studies that say that uh, you miss your phone uh, within the first 10 minutes of misplacing it whereas you miss your wallet now probably in a, on an average of 3 hours after you misplace it right. so your phone is that much more critical to you as a device it might be a wearable watch you know android watch tomorrow for example or it could be something implanted in your brain i don't know what it will be tomorrow but eventually it should be as simple as you know just think about it and it should be paid right so that's the vision of cashless payments uh, that we want to drive towards uh, what is the revenue model of momo very simple um, we charge the merchants a transaction fee um, for every mobile payment that they accept right so from the merchant side there is zero cost so they don't have to buy an expensive swipe machine a card swipe machine they also pay maintenance charges for that so we have zero upfront cost we have zero maintenance cost mm-hmm. the payment is only on a transaction so both of us are incentivized to get the customer to pay 
right. at their outlet, right? right. Uh, and the payment is only on transaction. Uh, and there is also a marketing charge. So every time they want to reach out to a customer in their local radius mm-hmm. uh, with an offer or something, mm-hmm. we charge on the marketing fees. Okay. So those are the two things we charge. Okay. And uh, just a quick question on the transaction charges for the merchant. Is it as competitive as using, let's say, a credit card? So uh, is it is it like as competitive or cheaper? How, how does it work? It's a little more expensive than the credit card. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the payment industry, there are two things. One is called a card present transaction where there's a physical card which you enter and enter right. the pin in that swipe machine. There is a card not present transaction, which is a virtual transaction, which is what we do, mm-hmm. which is what online payments does. Mm-hmm. So typically online payments or card not present transactions are more expensive because there is an additional layer of security that you need to go through, which is a infrastructure that is in place. Hence, you have to pay more money. Right. Uh, but in return, we give, as I said, consumer analytics to the merchant at right. no additional cost, right. uh, which and, actually and tells you, them that. And you also don't have to pay for a device. The Absolutely. So there is no upfront cost. So you right. can actually do the math and figure out that we are on an average year basis, mm. uh, we are actually cheaper okay. than the swipe machine. Oh, brilliant. Now, are there any books or resources that you can recommend for our budding entrepreneurs? Ah, interesting question. Um, so, I I tend to read a lot more fiction than non-fiction in that sense, okay. in books. But uh, I read a lot of blogs. Um, um, so, the Y Combinator founders' uh, blogs are beautiful. Uh, definitely highly recommended to... Uh, anybody who wants to understand what startup world is all about. Uh, we actually got a lot of help from uh, the Y Combinator blog itself on, uh, you know, uh, how to structure equity, how to structure ESOPs, uh, how to talk to venture capitalists on funding, right? right. So beautiful articles that they've written. Paul Graham, uh, Sam Altman, okay. uh, and also the Y Combinator blog itself is very useful. Okay, okay. Um, uh, also, uh, uh, we are big fans of Guy Kawasaki. Uh, Art of the Start is his book. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly recommended read. Uh, okay. And also listen to his uh, uh, YouTube videos. Uh, amazing guy. Okay. Um, and uh, he's the uh, head of Canva right now. Okay. Cool. Uh, and really inspiring to uh, listen to his speeches. Um, also, um, uh, the Peter Thiel book, Zero to One, is very good. Um, those are things that we actually follow on the ground. Okay, um, the lean startup concept uh, is something that we follow on the ground as well. Uh, not to the letter, but at least we have that mindset in implementing in a startup. Very useful for all entrepreneurs if you want to get on. on the okay, okay, brilliant. We'll, we'll link up all those on the show notes. Now, Momo's close to two years old. Yeah. Uh, and we all know that hindsight is twenty twenty. but if there's one thing that you do different while starting this up, what would it be? In hindsight, I would, uh, as I said, I may not blow so much money on digital marketing. I might do it a little more professionally. Uh, But those are mistakes we learn from. Uh, The other thing is, um, uh, the payments ecosystem actually evolves with partnerships, right? Mm. So, uh, uh, we are actually now tying up with banks. We are tying up with other wallets. We are tying up with merchant aggregators, right? Uh, To expand our business. So there are a lot of partnerships involved. Um, uh, I would rather start doing those partnerships earlier than I've, I have done right now. Uh, the sooner those partnerships are going, the better it is and more scalable your solution is in that sense. right? Okay. Uh, so okay. those are things that we are very open to right now, which we uh, could have been a lot earlier. Okay, brilliant. Now, how can our listeners get in touch with you? What are you most active on 
LinkedIn, Twitter, do you have a blog? What's what's the best way to reach out to you? Um, LinkedIn is quite active. Um, so people can reach out to me on LinkedIn or uh, uh, on Facebook as well. Uh, I'm quite active on Facebook. So anybody wants to reach out, they can just message me any of these places. Um, send me a LinkedIn request or whatever and I'll accept it within like a couple of days. That's typically how um, I look at it. Unfortunately, I'm not very active on a blog yet. Okay. Uh, work in progress, but uh, okay. yeah. Twitter, you don't have a Twitter handle? I have a Twitter handle, uh, GaneshB78. Okay. Um, and on Facebook, you can just search for Ganesh Balakrishnan Momo and I'll pop up uh, on LinkedIn as well. So that should not be a problem. Um, uh, Twitter, again, um, not, very active. not very active. But yeah, if you send me a message there, I can respond within 24 hours typically. Okay. So that's how it does. Okay, brilliant. Uh, so there's just one final question but uh, before we move on to that I just want to take the time to acknowledge and thank you for sharing your knowledge to myself and our listeners I'm also very grateful for the value you are adding into the world by means of your startup so with that we'll move on to the final question so if there's one gyan that you could give our would-be founders what would that be? If you want to start up just start up man don't wait Uh, I've seen a lot of people in corporates just you know hating themselves for the job that they're doing uh, and really got good concepts in their head but just too afraid to go out and implement them guess what there is no bad time to start up uh, Utkarsh is 42 I'm 37 uh, the youngest founder Karthik is 30 right now um, I have a lot of friends who are you know 23 24 who have started up there is no wrong time to start up uh, there is no too late concept of starting up if you like what you have a thought on and if you think you can make it a business, go ahead and do it. That would be my one advice okay. that I give to anybody. Brilliant. And, uh, brilliant. Yeah. Ganesh, thank you so much for your time and it was a real pleasure chatting with you and wish you continued success in your future. Right? Hey, thank you very much, Ram. This was a great uh, podcast and uh, yeah, hoping to hear from your listeners on uh, any questions or any uh, uh, things that they might want to con- connect on. Uh, yeah, glad to be uh, on the show and uh, good luck to you and good luck to all the founders out there. Thank you. There you have it folks, another inspiring story of a founder. I do hope you enjoyed it. Do share it with your friends if you liked what you hear. The link is foundersgyan.com ep22. There are nifty share icons there to share it via all sorts of social media. Also, you can just share the URL via email. Please do subscribe to the show via Mixcloud or iTunes and a review would be much appreciated. Again, the show notes page foundersgyan.com ep22 contains details of all these links. I'll see you all next week with yet another startup and founder. In the meantime, you do know what this show is meant to do. It is to inspire you to start up, so please do take action today on your own venture. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll speak to you all next week.